Welcome to this week's episode of Bergen Bulldog Bites, brought to you by Bergen Community College and the Office of Student Life and Conduct. In each episode, we will introduce you to someone who can help make the most of your college experience. Welcome to a new summer episode of Bergen Bulldog Bites. This summer, we'll be posting one to two episodes a month based on what's going on with the Bergen community. Today, we are recording this episode on June 14th, and we are joined by Professor Earl Taylor. Professor Taylor will be teaching us about Juneteenth and the history behind it. Welcome, Professor Taylor. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it, especially during the summer months. Mm-hmm. All right, let's dive right into it. Uh, can you explain what Juneteenth is from a historical perspective and how it began? Sure. Uh, to put it into context, we need to look at the Emancipation Proclamation. It was proposed in September of 1862 and it went into effect on New Year's Day, 1863. It, um, what it did was it freed by proclamation all slaves held in rebel states. And what it also did was it freed up black men to join the Union Army to help the North defeat the South in the Civil War. And I have a personal connection to that as my great-great-grandfather was a company cook in the Union Army under General Grant. Fast forward to the end of the Civil War. The South is devastated and the Union is uh, pressing its advantage. Uh, April 9th, 1865, Grant and Lee exchanged swords at Appomattox, marking the end of the Civil War. However, uh, looking at geography, not everyone got the message that, quote unquote, using air quotes, all former slaves were free. Uh, and in particular, the ones, the slaves that didn't get the message were those in Texas. So on June 19th, Major, Union Major General Gordon Granger landed in Galveston, Texas, near the coast to take charge of 2,000 soldiers whose job it was to enforce the emancipation of the former slaves. And he carried with him General Order Number 3, which many soldiers were reading as they marched through the streets of Galveston. And they finally arrived, General Granger and his soldiers, at the quote-unquote Negro Church on Broadway, now called Reedy Chapel AME Church. And at the church, General Granger read an executive proclamation informing all Texans that all slaves, all, and from the entire um, uh, Confederate states were now free. At, after that announcement, uh, the formerly enslaved people of Galveston celebrated and what was called a day of Jubilee was organized the following year. Now, it took two and a half years since the Emancipation Proclamation went into effect for the last of the former slaves to learn of their freedom. And that's really the significance of Juneteenth is that it marked all African-Americans, former slaves, to, to realize that they were now 
free from slavery. And the last, the last of the slaves resided in the final Confederate state to join the Union, and that was Texas. And once the slave, the former slaves in Texas knew that they were free, all slaves knew that they were free, and it sparked celebration. A day of jubilee. That is that is wonderful uh, history that I quite honestly didn't know of, and I'm I'm hoping that many of our listeners who are listening really really are able to absorb this episode. The next question that I have for you, building off of this, Professor Taylor is how has Juneteenth grown over the years and how has it really evolved? Well, uh, during the 1890s, uh, quote unquote, Jubilee Day changed its name to Juneteenth. It's just a play on words, June 19th, Juneteenth, like that. Now, as the, as the years went on, the celebrations began to actually decline. Uh, in the early 20th century, <clears throat> because in the South, restrictive Jim Crow laws, along with political dis disenfranchisement, uh, led to a tamping down, if not an elimination, of any uh, Juneteenth celebrations by Blacks in the South. And also combine that with um, with Blacks who were attempting to be upwardly mobile within their own communities and wanting to put um, some, if you will, some, some distance between their slave past and kind of assimilate more into the mainstream culture. And as this was also going on, Blacks were beginning to leave the South uh, in a trickle around 1880. And as we go into the 20th century, more and more Blacks by the hundreds and then the thousands began to, to leave the South. Juneteenth kind of faded into the, it, it kind of faded into people's memories for, for a variety of reasons, uh, mainly because of the distance between the end of slavery and, if you will, more pressing matters. But it re, it um, it revived itself, uh, and and it was and it 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 kind of saw a bit of an uptick in the um, in the in the 30s and 40s. But then during the civil rights movement, Juneteenth celebrations began to go down again, kind of like a roller coaster because the pressing matter at that time was eliminating Jim Crow, um, segregation, voting rights, etc. But the importance of Juneteenth began to resurface in 1968 when the Poor People's Campaign held a Juneteenth Solidarity Day. That put Juneteenth back on the map for uh, African Americans, for African Americans, and people be and it was also another aspect of what was known at the time as cultural nationalism when african americans slash blacks began to look to their own african heritage and began to celebrate uh, other holidays which they we deemed important like kwanzaa 
Kwanzaa began was um, was developed, invented, if you will, during the 60s by Professor Karenga out in um, California. But, but as far as Juneteenth, it resurfaced in 68 uh, as a part of the Poor People's Campaign during Juneteenth Solidarity Day, like I said before. And in the ensuing decades, its interest slowly began to increase to the point where it's, uh, it's more to the forefront now than it's ever been. Thank you for sharing that history. And it's important, you know, to see as the decades went on, how it was involved and how Juneteenth came up and had different iterations from an official recognition standpoint, when has Juneteenth been recognized? Who has recognized it? Guide me through that process um, of where it's been gone. Sure. Uh, let me see, Jordan, if you, uh, Texas was the first state to recognize the holiday in 1980. Uh, it was because that's where Juneteenth was first established. It's officially a state holiday, a state holiday in Louisiana. As, uh, as far as, uh, now it hasn't been given like federal um, recognition like Martin Luther King Day. That's a federal holiday. Juneteenth is more like um, local local holidays. Different states, different towns, different cities do what they wish with it. But in terms of New Jersey, since this is the state we're in right now, um, Senator Byron Baer of my hometown in Inglewood introduced legislation that was enacted in 2004 that introduced what was called Juneteenth Independence Day. And then Governor Murphy signed S-19 uh, legislation designating the third Friday in June as a state and public holiday known as Juneteenth Day. And um, again, it's not recognized uh, as a, again, as a federal holiday nationally like Martin Luther King Day, but mostly Juneteenth is it's it's local. Uh, it has it has local. It's celebrated locally, in various states, towns, and counties. But uh, Texas was the first state to recognize it and make it a holiday in forty-one years ago. All right. So shifting a little bit away from the historical perspective, and again, this is fantastic information, uh, definitely a lot I didn't know here. Um, and again, hopefully our listeners are, are getting a lot of this as well. Um, but moving towards, you know, uh, contemporary and local, as you mentioned. So, uh, we, you know, we know that you're a big part of the Black History Month Committee. Um, so how does Juneteenth, you know, the spirit of Juneteenth, the meaning behind Juneteenth uh, connect with the work of the Black History Month Committee, would you say? Well, it connects very closely. In fact, at the the idea for me to do this podcast came up at our last meeting uh, just last week. And it's just one more, uh, uh, one more pillar, if you will, or one more leg of the stool, leg of the table, however you want to put it, uh, to, for the Black History Month Committee to bring to the college-wide audience uh, one more aspect of African-American history, one more aspect of African-American life that 
may or may not be known by the wider community. It shows the, it's a perfect example of how we as Americans of African descent have viewed our, uh, have, have viewed and put into practice our liberation ideology. Okay, celebrating our liberation from oppression, our liberation from bondage. And it's there, there are other uh, um, people that do it too. I mean, um, I was just looking up uh, uh, one or two, well, one Jewish holiday in particular, Purim. Purim is the meaning of that holiday is the celebration of the narrow escape from genocide of the Jews that's described in the book of Esther. So, and Purim, it's not a holiday that's, again, nationally celebrated. That's more of a religious holiday, while Juneteenth is not, quote unquote, a religious holiday. But also on Juneteenth, uh, initially it was marked by prayers and you know, just thanking the Lord for, for liberation from slavery. But the Black History Month, uh, it ties in with the Black History Month Committee as again, one more, one more aspect of bringing black culture, another aspect of black culture to the college wide audience and just opening the door and let people walk in and just kind of take a look and tour around and and you know see one more element of of our culture great great um so my final question for you today um and it this is gonna be a little more of a personal question and maybe slightly off topic but everyone who appears on this podcast gets this question sure um so our slogan is leave your mark so my question to you today is what mark do you personally hope to leave at bergen what mark do i personally hope to leave at bergen hmm well, I've been here since 2004, so I'm almost going on 18 years here at Bergen. I've had, oh my God, uh, probably over a thousand students, uh, and uh, a lot know me. Uh, you know what they, you know how they think of me. I, I don't know. You might want to re-rate my professor, and you know you see the good and the bad. But uh, I just hope to leave my mark as a as a professor who uh, cares about the subject that uh, I teach, who is somewhat knowledgeable about the subject that I teach, and just to to leave to let students know that uh, uh, that Professor Taylor. Want to leave my mark? Uh, it, it's it's not so much my mark like writing. Professor Taylor was here, okay. But if if there's if there are more students aware of African American history, more students aware of how African American history is American history, and more students aware that the history it's we celebrate it, we take ownership of it. But, you know, if you wish to know more about it, uh, if you wish to even become more involved in it, then I have given uh, 
Look at me as the, the gatekeeper, the person who opens the door, lets you in, come take a look, kind of give you like a tour guide. Say, this is how, this is what Africans look like. This is how we existed before slavery, when we were kings and queens. This is what happened to us during slavery, when we were uh, taken to this country that's espoused liberty and freedom on July 4th, 1776, and hundreds of thousands of us were held in bondage on the day when America celebrated its independence, which is coming up. And just, just I just wanna be real with my students. I, I just, just totally wanna be real. And uh, we're, we also try to keep, to keep up with the goal as new President Friedman wants us to with the goal of diversity and equity, okay? We are a diverse campus. We wanna try to, I wanna try to, to bring forth how everyone is equal, how, you know, like in my class, even though it's a black history class, I, I don't shut anybody out. You know, I mean, you're, you're welcome to come into my class. You're welcome to learn about black history. There are a lot of tough conversations we have in there sometimes about different things that impact the black history community. But I guess to, to break down my long-winded remark to kind of cut it off is my mark is Professor Taylor was real. Professor Taylor was open. Professor Taylor uh, allowed everyone in, allowed everyone to gain access to, to black history and geography also. And just to, you know, hopefully to make you curious and want to know more. Well, we're very confident that you are leaving that mark. So thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, from all of us, uh, Professor, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. And uh, thank you for your insight, information, history behind Juneteenth. You're, you're quite welcome. And Jared, you, now that I look at you, would you, were you a student in my class at one point? You no, I don't believe that. so, but I'm from Richfield, <laughs> right down the street from Englewood. So. Oh, yeah, I, I know that I know that town very well. Maybe we crossed paths well. at a shop right or something. We probably have, yeah, in the produce <laughs> section. <or something>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I live in, I, we, there's a lot of Englewood at Bergen Community College, and I've met so many students, like, here, there, and everywhere. I'm like, oh, hi, Professor Taylor, what are you doing here? I'm eating. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, hey. <laughs> yeah, I got one of those faces, I guess. Yeah, well, so do I. All right, but uh, hopefully we can meet in person soon, though. I'm uh, hopefully in the fall. Maybe they'll lift this, you know, they'll let more people, you know, in person classes. I hope. I hate yeah. this remote teaching. Yeah, we hope so too. But one good I'm, thing, this podcast came out of it. Yeah, I'm, I went off script. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, great. All right, getting back on script. If any of our listeners have any other questions about this episode or our guests, please contact us at studentlife@bergen.edu or Instagram page at Bergen SLC. This is from Greg, Ian, and Jared signing out. And to all our bulldogs at home, keep on barking. <laughs>that wraps up another episode of Bergen Bulldog Bites. If you have any questions about this episode or suggestions for future guests, please email us at studentlife at bergen.edu. Thanks for stopping by.